One, two, three. Welcome to Three Song Stories, the podcast where we navigate the waters of our guest's past using their musical history as a compass, or a cutlass, or some other nautical tool. Thanks for listening. I'm Richard Chinqui. My guest today is Patrick Carrera. Patrick is a reporter for ENTV and co-host of Razzle Dazzle, a podcast that explores video games, comics, movies, TV, and all things pop culture. He's also currently working as a production assistant at Wink News, and is a helping hand at his parents' remodeling company, and is a freelance model, and he's an FGCU journalism student. We met Patrick through Jared the Intern, who is his Razzle Dazzle co-host. We've been looking forward to having him on here ever since Mike and I did our crossover episode on their show. Go check that out, by the way. On to the show. Hey there, Patrick. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Hello. Uh, So in 180-odd episodes, we've never had a guest sleep in (laughs) and come late. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing? You know, actually pretty good. Uh, I had to stay up doing homework and stuff, but, um, you know, that's part of the student experience. It is part of the student experience. Uh, it's painful, but I mean, honestly, I've been keeping up my work super well. And then recently, nope, <laughs> I've been playing a lot more volleyball. I'm going to blame that. <laughs> uh, do you play just for fun or? Uh, mainly just for fun. I got intramurals going on. I did that um, when I was attending as uh, well. Yeah, yeah, it's so fun. Uh, we got the tournament that's about to start. Kind of nervous, kind of just whatever about it. My team isn't the greatest, but I have fun with them. So no, that's it's intramural, so yeah, that's yeah. the big deal. Um, so I said we weren't going to talk about Haikyuu, <laughs> but there's an an, <laughs> there's a volleyball anime, and I'm not going to get into it super deep, but I know you love it. Oh yeah, you got it's my favorite. Two stickers on your thermos, and you don't have two stickers for anything else. Yeah. Um. I really like it too. So Haikyuu is uh, not a poem format. It is an anime. If you like volleyball or you like anime, it's a really good show. Oh, yeah. yeah. It teaches you volleyball while also yeah. just having goofy, fun characters and a interesting tournament arc. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, <clears throat> hey, how would you describe the musical background of your childhood? Oh, like non-existent. Um, just all Christian music. <clears throat> yeah, similar. Yeah, it's um my my parents uh wanted to protect me growing up and so part of that for them was uh not exposing me to the uh wild music of the world. And I mean, I understand it. Some music out there is uh not the safest for a kid to listen to. But um I started getting into kids bop and then I would ask for like kids bop discs and they wouldn't buy them. Um, Okay. To be fair, I remember being blown away because uh, kids bop had Boulevard of Broken Dreams on it, like the Green Day song. Wait, really? Yes. And um, and there were actually over the years, there have been several songs where they had to, you know, change the lyrics because they couldn't have kids singing like whatever swear word was in the, the song. And I remember just going... Surely you would just pick a different song. Oh, yeah. No, because they go for like, they also go for like really popular songs. Right. A really popular song isn't inherently clean at all. Of course. They have to play this big old game of 
cleaning it up. These days I feel bad because these days we're really leaning into just artists saying what they want. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to and put then, it. <laughs> and then kids' bop uh, producers are probably all freaking out whenever a song comes out that's super popular and super uh, not PG. <laughs> They're not, there's not going to be a WAP kids' bop version probably. <laughs> like I'm just I hope guessing. not. Um, so um, I'm going to look real fast actually. You, oh, are you, you looking hit, it up? Uh, no, I'm just looking. <laughs> I'm looking to see. Um, oh, oh, here's one. Live in La Vida Loco. Oh, right? Wait, no. So, so they sing "Addiction" and "Bullet to the Brain," <laughs> and it's just weird hearing like grade school kids, or maybe they had to censor that. But either way, like, yeah, the idea that they would pick songs that have that in it—I know yeah. it's for popular songs—it just it always blew me away. Plus, you know, some of the songs have a lot of ennui, right? Like, "I Walk This Lonely Road," the only road that I have ever known. But it's yeah, like, yeah. I walk this lonely road. <laughs> so, yeah. all right. Um, it, it, it was very much just me being a kid and wanting something. Something, Because yeah. even as a kid, I knew this was awful. Everybody everybody was like, Kids Bop is bad. But I wanted, mm. but I couldn't listen to the songs my friends were listening to. So I was like, this is something, right? And my parents were like, no, Christian music only. Yeah, we had, uh, we would have a back and forth about, you know, different songs. Um, I listened to a lot of oldies because of that. Um, and oh, a lot okay, of classical yeah, yeah. because of that. Um, but um, I also ended up having to listen to like a lot of Creed. <laughs> okay. Um, which I know that that, that that doesn't mean anything to you. No, does it? not at all. Okay, for anybody who was <laughs> growing up in the '90s and like early 2000s, Creed was like a really really popular rock band in that era for like a very brief period. Like for a couple of years, they were everywhere. Okay. And their songs are definitely um, thematically Christian, but they are, they were like, we're not a Christian band. Like don't, you know, they didn't want to be pigeonholed because they were getting, to be perfectly frank, a lot of play, like on top 40 in movies, in TV shows. Um, And then I think they just kind of got like overplayed and people were like, and and to be fair, like the criticisms about the quality of the music is fair. Like it's it's not great. But for a kid who could point at it and go, hey, look, I can – can I get this album? And it was incredibly popular and my parents – like it passed the sniff test. So they were like, yeah, like you can – so um, I'm still to this day a diehard Five Iron Frenzy fan, which is like a ska core band, ska punk band. There was this – brief two-year period in the 90s where everybody lost their minds and swing music and ska got really, really big. Okay. Um, and uh, and these guys were really good. They used to tour with MXPX. So anyway. Um, oh, but I was going to say with oh, yeah. oldies. Um, yeah. So I found out, like, I was doing, I was hanging out with my friends and one of them listened to oldies and we did this dumb bit where he uh, started blasting Diana by Paul Anka out of his car <laughs> yeah. outside the church. Yeah. And then everybody just started singing along to it, even if they didn't know the words. And I was like, but like, as we were all goofing around singing this song, I was like, I actually, I actually kind of like this. There's and a so, reason those survived. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I went to my parents about it and I was like, hey, listen, I found this older music I like and I'm going to listen to it. I didn't even ask. I was like, I'm going to listen to it. My dad, who is huge on oldies, was like, yeah, sure, that's fine. That was the first time I found a genre that I could listen to is because my dad was a fan of it. One of my first guests, uh, Sonelli Popowitz, convinced his parents to let him listen to um, Bon Jovi because Living on a Prayer. (laughs) And he was like, how could it be bad? Like, yeah, he's right? living out of prayer, like, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that was his, his like, gateway. Um, so what did your parents listen to then? I mean, um, you said your dad was big into oldies. Yeah. Um, my in dad, the house? Not really. You know, in the house, basically no music. Um, if there was music, it would be 
old Brazilian Christian music. We're talking like the classic, right? Not like out of the book, but like the music they made after they stopped using the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get you. So it, it's all very old. I still like, I still remember the words to like a lot of them. Sometimes I'll go and visit like my parents' churches and like it is still very much in my head. I can still sing along with all the songs and I'm like, man. Um, There's something to to hymnal and choral music though. Um, one of your songs that we'll talk about later, but it's got a choir in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And like... It doesn't really matter, I think, the content there. Like, it is stirring when you hear, like, a couple dozen people at least singing oh, yeah. together um, in, in, you know, those wide harmonies. Um, did anybody in your house play any instruments? Um, so my parents don't play any instruments, but there was a period where they decided that we all as kids needed to learn an instrument. Mm-hmm. Um and so my brother picked up the guitar because uh, my best friend at the time lived in the neighborhood. Uh, he'll come up a lot in this. So I'll call What's his name? Will. Will. Um, Will played uh, – uh, no, Will had the idea of us pl- making a band. Sure. Um, and he wanted to be keys because he had taken a few uh, piano lessons. Um, and my brother wanted to play guitar, so I got thrown on drums. Um, something I didn't know at the time that we came up with this dumb band idea – I didn't really have a sense of rhythm as a kid, uh, really not at all. So when it finally came time from where my parents were like, okay, you're going to learn an instrument, naturally we were all went with the instruments that we were said we were going to play for this makeshift band, and I was like, yeah, I'll play the drums. Um, I probably had a year and a half of on and off drum lessons that went nowhere Ooh. because I didn't have a sense of rhythm. And I didn't practice. Because uh-huh. you ain't got rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> I think the latter of those two is probably the bigger issue. <laughs> that is fair. That is fair. And that's ultimately why I don't play instruments anymore because I don't have the ethic to practice. Mm. <laughs> but, oh, man. But you see, you'd think because of all this that my drumming would stop there. But no, because a little while later, um, probably like two years after I decided not to play drums anymore, um, my small Brazilian conservative church was like, hey, um, all of you uh, teens, y'all should make a band, a worship band. And everyone was like, why not? We got nothing better to do. And uh, I guess we got thrown on drums. Yeah. Me. Patrick. And I was very bad at drums. And everybody who was actually musically talented on that band was like, this is really bad because our drummer isn't on rhythm ever. <laughs> and that is the worst thing you can do. But they kept putting me on. They kept putting me on. And it got to the point where my buddy walked up to me. Uh, and he's like, hey, listen, you're not good at this, man. <laughs> like, And I was like, honestly, yeah, I don't even want to be in this band in the first place. <laughs> so like, I hopped off drums. Somebody else went on it. We played for like two more weeks and it dissolved. <laughs> I felt so bad. But then at the same time, it's like I shouldn't have been there in the first place. Uh, if, you c- if you could matrix uh, an instrument into your brain and learn to play it at a master level like that, what would you pick? Oh, guitar. Guitar. Yeah, like electric. Because yeah. um, you have so much you can do with it once you start mm. playing with the like the foot pedal stuff. I don't know much, but I want to know. Mm. If I were to pick, I already told myself this. If I were to pick up an instrument, I'm gonna learn guitar because it's just uh, I want to have one instrument that I can expand. I don't want to pick up a bunch well, like some of my other friends. I'll tell you uh, something about that is if you pick up a guitar, uh, even a cheap one. And you play it 30 minutes a day, 
just like sit down for 30 minutes and just play something. It can be a really simple song. It can be scales, whatever. You will, after a couple of years, you'll be really good at guitar. It's it's a really good instrument to grow very quickly. Okay. The progression tree is very fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you remember uh, the first music then that was yours, that wasn't your parents? Oh, yeah. That would... I would have to say it was the classic music. That was the music that around the time Wait, I was oldies like, or classic old, oldies. Okay. Sorry, yeah. Um, uh, my parents call it classic, so it's in my right. head as classic. Um, Golden oldies, yeah. Um, so it was like uh, the first song was Diana, that mm-hmm. uh, eye opener to like the genre. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started. I made a playlist. I added. I no, my friend made a playlist. Um, it was like. 50s to 80s songs all in like a playlist. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, he called it Love It. Like a uh, mixtape. Yeah, yeah. It was Love It, but L-U-V. Mm-hmm. And then as I was listening to his playlist, I started realizing I didn't like a lot of the songs. Super Tramp was in there. I didn't. I don't really like <laughs> Super Tramp. <laughs> right. Um, as well as a few others. And I was like, you know what? What if I make take his playlist and I make it my own? So I called it Love It More. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> and I still listen to it every now and then. I still have it. I haven't really expanded it. I've stopped listening to oldies. I pull it up every now and then because I still do like it, but it's not like my genre now. Um, what is your but, genre now? Oh, it's it's like bouncing around, dude. It's it's not in one place. I'll be listening to like Spotify's pop playlist one week and then their alt rock playlist another week. And then every time I find a song I like, I throw it in my song. Uh, a playlist of mine that is just songs that can go together that I can listen to on repeat without getting annoyed. Uh, it's, I call it songs and stuff. Um, and then, yeah, that's kind of just been my go-to playlist. Um, and so I'll go and I'll explore pop, uh, alt-rock, and then a little bit of rap, but specific artists. Mm-hmm. And every time I find a song I like, throw it in that that playlist, the songs and stuff. And that's been my main music my main genre i guess okay uh well i'd like to get to your first song here um oh, okay. so what do you want to do first what do i want to do first i think uh we talked about will so i think we should talk about we are young um, sure yeah yeah so oh man should i get into the story first should i get in song i guess mm. i'll get into the story first okay oh man so the so this one was in like middle school and this song is in so this is around the same time where I wasn't allowed to listen to many other songs. This was one of the few that um, escaped into uh, my house as it was, I believe, my brother's birthday party. And What's your brother's name? Uh, Felipe. Felipe, okay. Uh, Felipe was having his birthday party, invited a bunch of his school friends over, some of my school friends who were also his school friends, and the, some of the kids in the neighborhood. Um, we're all there having a great time. Um, and we have a speaker and at the time we lived in Cape Coral, we had a pool that was a pretty well-sized pool. Um, it, like there was like 15 of us there and the pool fit us all. Uh, <laughs> that's a good pool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, so we're all out there. We have a speaker playing a bunch of music. And then I remember we are young comes on and it's my brother's birthday. So my parents don't really care about the music we're playing. Cause you know, it's that's your good, birthday. Yeah. Have a good time. Um, and so we are young starts playing and this horde of middle schoolers at like 10 o'clock at night just start screaming the chorus to this song. And 
Uh, I think it's it's great because like the context of the song is doesn't make sense for us, but the the chorus kind of did because we're we're out there screaming about how we're young and we're gonna do such stuff, and it, it was just uh, it was this moment where me, my friends, all of them, I uh, still remember some of them, I still keep in touch with, uh, all just there having a good time <laughs> screaming about uh, the future and how we're gonna take the world, um, and it was great. It was such a good time. Um, one of the, it was the first time I had a memory with people that was positive. Um, it was more than just me and like two other people. It was this first time where with a group of friends, I was able to remember and experience fondly and kind of enjoy myself. Now I was super anxious and a lot of social anxiety as a kid. I didn't really talk because I was afraid of what people would think of me when I talked. Um, but in that birthday party, I was being me for the first time in a long mm. time. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's it was great. And how old was Felipe turning, do you think, that birthday? I know that's... It was... He was probably turning like 14. So you guys are really close in age then. Yeah. Uh, we are like a year and a half, a year and three quarters apart. So he's your older brother? Yeah. Okay. So... All right, well, uh, let's go to Felipe's 14th birthday party <laughs> and hear um, We Are Young by the band Fun uh, off of the 2012 album Some Nights. Uh, yeah, listening to the song after telling the story just put me back in that space, the dumb little pool. That's how we do it. <laughs> That's how, how things work here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, such a good time. I miss, I miss that, that little neighborhood where everything was just that street mm-hmm. like that was oh man i miss it so much dude uh just me felipe will um there was a buddy of mine austin it was just the four of us really just having such a good time in that neighborhood screwed everything up with uh some bad decisions a little bit of uh adolescent crime um but you know not on the record no con- plead no contest no definitely on the record <laughs> <laughs> on the record for this podcast um yeah you make dumb decisions as a kid it kind of screws up everything relationships fall apart and yeah it's part of growing too yeah yeah um uh do you listen to that song often or ever really um i think when I was looking for songs for this uh, episode, I was kind of – I re-came across it after the memory. And then now I've been making more of an effort to listen to it. I added it to that Songs and Stuff playlist, um, and I've been hearing it more. And I think, honestly, honestly I appreciate it because then now, now I have that back. I have that memory kind of following me now. Um, what do you think nice. about um, being as young as you are and still – being able to experience like what is to me across this table clearly like deep nostalgia, even oh. though you're pretty young. Like. Yeah, it's it's crazy actually thinking about it because I haven't had thinking about that. I haven't had many memories to experience bewilders me because I feel like I've had so many memories that I've experienced. I've kind of made a point in my life to kind of live for those memories. Um, especially recently, um, a little while ago, uh, someone meant so much to me. My, my great aunt in Brazil, uh, she passed from COVID. Um, and she was one of the biggest people. Uh, her, she told uh, 
my brother's girlfriend is kind of something that's been sticking with me. Uh, she said, viva intensamente, live intensely. Yeah. And part of that to her was focusing on these memories that you have with people and kind of growing with the people around you. I've really been making an effort more to do that kind of stuff because that's the stuff for me that'll last. Because, like, I have career ambitions and I have projects that I work on and I love when I'm able to finish them. But the biggest thing for me is having these experiences with people, Mm. Um, especially the ones that I really remember because I'll carry that always. I've been making a huge point of that now in college um, because this is, like, the last moment where I'll have tons of time to do that kind of thing relatively still not a lot of time but um more than when i'm going to be working a job and yeah i mean in another in another you know seven to ten years you're going to think back to like this yeah and it'll be feel like you thinking back to the pool oh like this is a period yeah that's crazy and the people you're around right now are like that um so yeah man remember when i was in on three song stories (laughs) talking about that time that i remember when i was at that pool Mm -hmm. oh man what was uh, what was your great aunt's name? Uh, we call her Valbenita. Valbenita. Um, she's she's my great aunt, mm-hmm. but by all means, she's a grandma. Um, she's, yeah, yeah. She I get it. like my grandma. Um, I love her to death. Um, she also passed, but she was she was rough with us, especially me, specifically me. Um, and it was something that I had to kind of deal with growing up. And while I do love her. That always is there. This because I knew she loved me. I knew I loved her, but just the way she was wasn't the nicest, and so that kind of leaves something with you, and it kind of leaves something to be desired. I got that from Vabinita mm. because she was kind of she just loved, and that's something I needed out of a grandma is mm. someone who was just there, loving. Just and anytime if anything negative were to come up, it was out of a place of love and wanting to build me up it's like i'm sitting i'm in brazil on vacation in brazil mm. and i'm spending time on my laptop playing games so my grandma uh, Fabinita would come up to me and be like hey patrick what are you doing wasting your time on that computer should be out enjoying copacabana i literally live right next to it uh, <laughs> go, go with me and then she would always grab me and pull me out of my pull me out of the room to go to the beach to whatever and it was really out of this place of like anytime it was anything negative, it was always out of a clear place of love and wanting to either spend time with me or wanting me to enjoy what she enjoyed. Um, so yeah, Valbenita. Cool. Valbenita. Um, so uh, kind of in that in that frame of you know experiencing things, um, have you been to many live concerts? I really haven't. Um, I don't know if I will. I kind of. Um, I kind of feel like I've had my live concert experience a little ruined. I might try sometime, but I won't anytime soon. The only times I've been to live concerts was kind of being dragged along with my Christian friends I've been to, to those. Yeah. Christian concerts. Yeah. And they're great for people who enjoy that music mm. and the worship setting. Um, something I don't really like to tell people too often, but here we go. Um, I don't like worship music. I don't like the genre. To me, it feels repetitive, and it is because it is. I feel like part of it's to help people sing the songs and say the words. But it has to be easy enough for a congregation to follow. Exactly. Yeah. But I don't like that. Yeah. I like music that has that's very clearly 
deep. And these songs are deep, but they to me, they feel surface level. They can, yeah. So um, I can talk about that a little bit because I think that um, – you know, while the musicality of some of like the older hymnal music feels like a little light and easy, um, structurally, like it's not very complicated, the lyrics for some of those old hymns are really poetic and deep and oh, there's yeah. layers. And I think that probably like the best meeting place for those two things is when modern musicality is applied to like older lyrics or uh, or a song that's written like an older song because then it's not like you said it's not service level which can be kind of frustrating yeah um my version of that what you're about to describe what you're describing here is like i i actually can't with like most um christian made cinema oh yeah um, me too dude. i There's... feel like uh they the person making the movie feels like I'm dumber than it, I am. Most of the time, it is just bad. Yeah, like it's um, some scenes are just conversations. Where you have the these huge budgets, and you have a scene where it's just a conversation between two people in a car with two cameras, and it goes from that one, camera two, one shot, two to shot, that camera shot, two shot, to that yeah. camera, and you're like, and this movie's got like a million yes. dollars. Sometimes they go for sometimes they just go for that wide shot and have them talk for four um, minutes. It's yeah, which it's is like not, Sharknado quality like filming. Um, and so so you know, I think I think that you've you've actually nailed something there, um, which is why I'm interested in how you feel about um, going to. I know that you haven't been to many, the, just the prospect of like, uh, you know, a modern Christian band, but not, let's say, you know, like a worship band. So like Skillet oh, yeah. is a Christian band. Well, but one of the ones that I went to mm-hmm. was advertised as a Skillet concert. Mm-hmm. And we went and there was a few opening acts that were worship music. Yeah. And then Skillet came on. We heard Skillet. And then a... Pastor evangel- mm-hmm. evangelist came yeah. up to give like a thirty-hour sermon, Ooh, and then it was worship after ouch. that. And I was like, I get it, you know, like it, it is a Christian place with a Christian community. We're learning these things, but I came for a concert. Uh, like, yeah. I, I wanted to celebrate Christian music in an exciting way, where I'm jumping around with my friends and having a good time. And instead, I got another church service. Yeah, like if I wanted to go to church, I wouldn't have spent. A hundred dollars on tickets to go to a concert, and if you're not there for that, you're it's not going to push you in the like you're going to check out pretty quickly. I oh imagine. yeah, so um, yeah, it's that's a you got to be careful with the way you approach it. Skillet so much, I'm getting hungry. Oh, I could I could go for some breakfast. <laughs> right. Right. Um, okay, if you could see then any artist perform live, living or dead, who would you like to see? Right now. I've been really dying to watch some sort of Twenty One Pilots concert. Um, 21 Pilots is the band that got me out of oldies, um, mm. it, that got me to explore, that got me in my current exploration phase where I'm just gre- listening to music anytime somebody sends me something. Before I didn't do that, but I started listening to 21 Pilots after, I remember I listened to Stressed Out when it was popular mm-hmm. uh, back in high school. And then a well, little, li- oh, geez, <laughs> a little while later, um, I said- host a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> you would think. Oh, man. Yeah, what is this, a crossover episode? Ah, Bojack <laughs> reference. Uh, you are Mr. Peanut Butter. Uh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, I think, uh, yeah, 21 Pilots is going on tour this, this year. I Yeah, I do know that. So that might be maybe something mm-hmm. I go on. It's mm-hmm. still a thing where I don't know if I would like concerts. 
So part of it for me is do I want – like I still need uh, to find Mike, that motivation. Mike, that microphone – wait, wait, wait. Mike, before. Mike. Yeah, you're holding it's a microphone. my voice on the radio. Your voice – that's not hooked up to anything. <laughs> Uh, Mike, Mike Canary is causing chaos in the studio. <laughs> Clearly, um, it was just a bit. It was a bit. Like he knew. Yeah, he I knew. know. I know he knew. <laughs> um, um, so, Twenty One Pilots. Twenty One Pilots. Yeah, because uh, they're the band. I still. They're one of the only bands. Is it's a band, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's it's one of the only bands that like I'll listen to just them on shuffle. I'll. Um, I have a lot of their oh, songs on my playlist. You can you can stay with them yeah. for a long time without like, needing other music. Exactly, because yeah. like uh, some other artists I do like, but then like if I put them on shuffle play, I always run into songs and I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. But Twenty One Pilots is one of the only ones I'll just listen to their songs. I'll love every single one. Mm. Um, so definitely Twenty One Pilots. Um, if I were to have a runner up. No, no runner up. Oh, no run- <laughs> I like the way you do. Yeah, if they come back to town. Uh, we will have to go. Jared's invited um, oh, to see. So well, not not Twenty One Pilots. Um, I think we might be able to help heal some of the live show stuff with um, video games live. Ooh, um, that's you know I would do that. Yeah, Tommy Tallarico is this guy who kind of did some arranging and composing, and he's kind of like an MC for for the show. And they they recruit like local orchestras. Usually, when they travel, so they only need like a core group. Um, wow! So that's a live show that's <laughs> worth going to. Um, oh, it sounds like it. Plus, he he plays the. And we're going to talk more about video game music later, but like he 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 plays the Steve Vai part of the Halo theme. Oh, okay. Um, on like a big old, it's it's um it's the sniper rifle from Halo, like to scale. So like it's a giant, but it's a guitar. What? And it's it's over the top and it's ridiculous, but it's just but I that's mean, sick. it's just so good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, um <laughs> all right, uh I want I'd like to hear uh what you want for your second song. For my second song? Yeah. You know, I I'd say we go for the Rainbow Fish open. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's okay. So I'm also gonna I'm also gonna do uh story first. Story time. Yeah. Um so this is high school. Um no, it's not. It's college. Um, it's like my first or second year of college. I'm still like situating myself, but I'm also spending a lot of time doing a lot of different things, trying to figure out like what what is it that I want to do, but also like I wanted to help people. And so um, my high school production started asking me to volunteer more. Um, not, or not ask. I think I asked them and then they started asking me more. Um, and then one of the plays we had for me to help out was uh, Rainbow Fish. And I was originally just set to help out with props and stuff. Like and the children's keep, book. Yeah. Uh, props and stuff and keeping the kids in line. It was like a – it was a high school we, – we had a bunch of different plays. Rainbow Fish, for some reason, was the high school production. Um, and the high schoolers there were still my friends. I was only a year or two out of sure, high yeah. school. And so these guys are all my friends. I'm like, oh, I get to help. And I also get to see some of my friends who otherwise I wouldn't be able to see um, during their school time too. Um, so I'm there. I'm helping out with props. Um, my plan is I'm set to run lights. Lights it was. Um, then about a week before the performance, uh, the lead, Drew, uh, got sick. And so – Drew, who is the rainbow fish getting sick, everyone gets a little worried. But it's like, oh, it's a week before. He'll be fine by then. And then a week goes, the weekend passes, and Monday comes, still not ready. 
Mm. Tuesday, he's only getting worse. Wednesday, he's feeling the worst he's ever been. And the play's on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like tech week. Yeah. Like you're, you're getting all the stuff lined up. This is but... like a day before dress rehearsal. Yeah. Um, and I'm, and part of my head is like, you know, you can, you could probably be the rainbow fish. And I was like, oh, that's, that's an awful thing to think right now. I'm not going to think, I'm not going to say anything. Wait, did he not have an understudy? Uh, no. I guess it's a high school it's production. A, it's a high school yeah. production. And it's also, we were a tiny private school. Right. Um, the, the drama program was like the smallest of after school things. And it wasn't even after school. It was during a class. Like it was elective. like an elective. Yeah. yeah. And people would, a lot of people at that school would much rather pick something like ComFit than uh, drama. Mm. But uh, so it was just a tiny, small knit community as every drama class is. Um, the little cronks on your shoulders are telling you you can play Rainbow, Rainbow Fish? Oh, the, cro- the good cronk and the bad cronk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, dude. That's that's how I was feeling because I was like, no, I shouldn't. And I was like, oh, but you really should. Because I hadn't played a lead in drama ever. I got into it late, like the second half of my senior year was my first time doing <laughs> taking the drama. <laughs> That's pretty late. But, but I had done drama stuff before in middle school and then outside of school for – but it was always small, and I would always be like side parts. The biggest role I had before this was the Wizard of Oz, or the Wizard in the Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, I was also like, I don't, I'm also not really that qualified for this. But I was feeling confident at the same time for some reason. But I just let it slide. Then that day, Wednesday, um, I was, t- I was doing lights uh, for a not dress rehearsal, but like basically dress rehearsal. Um, and one of my friends is uh, running the sound uh, since the normal sound person wasn't there. And we started just goofing off talking and they were worried about Drew. Yeah, I got to pause you there. How are they practicing? Um, He's the lead. Somebody just, somebody's just, just there with line, the script, just reading, just reading okay. their lines. Okay. Um, and, I, and they're like, yeah, bro, I'm so worried about Drew. If he's not here, then I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to have to cancel the show. And I was like, oh, well, we shouldn't cancel the show. If anything, I'll just play the Rainbow Fish. He's like, you should play the Rainbow Fish. And I was like, Wait, no, hold on. Because <laughs> th- I'm still feeling bad about this idea in my head. But then he went and told the director. The director was all for <laughs> me just learning it and seeing how it went. Inception. So that day I was handed a script and told to memorize as much as I could just for the sake of if anything, you're just on stage. Um, and I was like, well, um, I guess this is my life now. So I sat down that night. Um, I gathered what emergency friends I could, um, which was like I went to my friend's dorm uh, and the three of us just sat there, them reading the other lines, me reading Rainbow Fish. And I got basically all the lines down in one night. Um, Then I went the next day and I was like, I got basically all the lines down. I still need a little more practice, but I'm like ready. Um, And they're like, okay, now you're going to learn the blocking and the dances. Right. And so we... And then I started showing up early, like three hours earlier to practices so that I could learn the dances and blocking. And oh, man. And so I learned a play in two days, uh, the lead of a play <sighs> in two days. A and, musical, too. Like. Yeah, a musical, too. And it was so fun. It was so fun. I All of my regrets were gone the moment that curtain opened and I run up, ran up on that stage and I sang that opening line. And I want to hear it now if we can. Yeah, let's listen. So, um, you want to sing? I'll sing along? <laughs> <laughs> this, is, uh, this is the opening number from Rainbow Fish the Musical. 
In the practices, I wasn't really feeling the role, but when I had all that <laughs> build-up, exactly, this fish. <laughs> but then when I had all of that build-up, and yeah. then everyone's like, "Hey, here he is," and they're like, "That's me." They're all cheering for me, and mm. then that ego hit me, and then I was the rainbow fish for a moment there. You're I telling was... me that you method acted rainbow fish. I mean, it's the only way <laughs> when you got two days of that's experience. fair. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so, um, oh man, and then when like. And then I really like because they played. I had like a suit that yeah. had like scales. It, it, yeah, it's like a it, I, the stage productions I've seen. It looks like a like a three piece suit almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. A really nice, you know, jacket and pants. But then they put big scales on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then some kid like reached over and like grabbed it, which I don't think was originally part of the practice, but I don't remember. It's two days worth. It's hard to remember everything. Mm. Um, but he grabbed it, and then part of me was like. <gasps> And then, like, I used that. I was like... My scale. My scale. And I, and I used that to get angry. And then... That's great. <laughs> oh, I started yelling at the little minnow. And, oh, man, such a good time. And so I learned this whole play in two days. It's the first and probably last time I was the lead in a play. And had such a good time. And then at the end, I, at the end, I was feeling awful about it. I, like, for some reason, I... Because this was... The this was Drew's first chance at being a lead. Mm-hmm. Um, is he also a senior? Uh, I think so. Uh, mm-hmm. No, 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 no. I think he was. Uh, it was the end of his junior year, mm-hmm. but then COVID hit right after this. So no more plays. Yes. Um, <sighs> but at the time, I was still just feeling guilty just because of everything. I think yeah. actually, start the COVID precautions started coming in a little bit after the play. We did the play. And I was feeling awful because I was like, I just took this guy's opportunity his first time being a lead. Um, and I was holding on to this for a solid like six months. I, I wasn't able to see them again because then COVID stuff started mm-hmm. happening. Everyone's mm-hmm. not able to see each other. Um, and then my mom goes – my mom comes to me in my room one day with a letter and she goes, hey, uh, this was sent to you a while back but I only found it now. Uh, here you go. And it was a letter from uh, Drew's family. Um, being super thankful that I stepped in to take the role of so that they wouldn't have to lose the show because of him. Yeah. My mentality on the whole play shifted, and I was like, "Wow, I I really did something great there." And that's it's it's a small achievement, but that play to, is one of those achievements that I hold really high hmm. in my life because I worked as hard as I could. I can't imagine learning a play in two days. I mean, it was, I, it was, I actually don't have a frame of <laughs> reference for how difficult that must have been. It was it was tough. But, like, I had my friends by me to help me with the script. Um, I had my old drama friends by me to help me with the actual, like, blocking and everything. When the directors were busy, uh, my friends were right around me telling me where to go, what to do. And I had – and they were really able to work around me. There was, like, a whole – when we were doing the play, there was, like, a whole, like, one-page section of the script that I just accidentally skipped and we just ran with it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it wasn't even on purpose. She just gave me a cue for a line. Um, and then I responded with a line that would make sense, but that I only say later. a page later. Yeah. And she just went with what happened a page later without noticing. I didn't know that we skipped the whole page of dialogue until after where she goes, hey, look at all this, right? That's what you missed. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> oh, but, I, but I did it. Yeah. And so that's one of, that's one of the few... Uh, achievements I hold really high. I've done, I've done stuff that is more notable than that, harder to do than that. 
but maybe. But to me, that was like it was one of the few things in my life where I saw myself putting a hundred percent. I'm a lazy guy. I'll be <laughs> honest. I'm not. I don't put a hundred percent of everything. I kind of do a lot of things and split my effort there. But there was this period where I just took everything out of my life, and I was just the rainbow fish, and it worked out great. Uh, do you uh, do you listen to a lot of musicals? Are you a big fan of musicals? Um, yes, but like it's a thing where I listen to them a lot, or I listened and watched them a lot when I had friends who were into them because mm-hmm. they would tell me like, watch this one. Theater people, yeah, theater yeah. people. They tell you what to do, but then I didn't really have the knowledge of where to go to watch them, what shows were good, until. So when I lost these friends, I started watching less and less musicals and then, like, got to the point where I wasn't watching anything until, like, The Great Showman came out and then I watched The Great Showman mm-hmm. and then still nothing since then. So um, I really love musicals and anytime any of my friends are like, hey, let's go watch musical or go watch play, I'm 100% for it. But I don't know, it hasn't been an experience that I've had in a long time. What about movies, like musical movies? Musical movies? The last one was The Great Showman. So, <laughs> so but I've watched it? that one, like, three times. So. Yeah, we're big fans in my house. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I know, like, all the songs, to, uh, all the words yeah, to all the songs. Likewise, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you talked about Spotify a few times. When was the last time you actually purchased physical music? Um, the last time? Or the, the that you remember, the most recent one you remember. Really? I think, oh, this, this is a whole thing. Yeah. Um, we had, um, I was living, not living, I was visiting Brazil mm-hmm. at the time. What part? Um, it's a tiny Tiny little town, I think, in the state of Rio. Mm. Uh, I may be wrong on that part. My geography in Brazil is rough. Uh, called Better Tra- than mine. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, it's a tiny town in Rio called Trajano. Um, and the reason why we went there is because one of my great aunts, my grandma's uh, sister, uh, owned a hotel over there, Hotel Trajano. Um, it was like the only hotel, really. Um it was such a good time over there because, like, we were able to get whatever food we wanted from the kitchen and we were able to go in the pool whenever we wanted until the pool turned into a green toxic mess. Mm. Um, but uh, a great time. And then while we were there, my brother somehow ran into a CD of Michael Jackson hits. Um, and my brother's a huge fan of Michael Jackson. My dad's a huge fan of Michael Jackson. So I kind of was like, all right. And then so me and him both got one. It was like his, it's like a top 10 of a certain year for Michael Jackson. Um, and being as how we didn't really have music, we were like eight, nine, and the, there was no streaming services for us. <laughs> uh, we weren't really familiar with anything else. Um, we would just throw this into the hotel front desk uh, computer and just play these songs on repeat, these top 10 songs from Michael Jackson on repeat. So it was like... It's a pretty good re- songs to repeat. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like Thriller, Man in the Mirror. Um, beat, beat It. Beat It, yeah. definitely. Billie beat Jean. It. Yeah. Billie Jean was on there too. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Hit the hits parade. Oh, um, yeah. All from, almost all from Thriller. The, the Thriller album, album is yeah. uh, murderous. It's like, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Um, when you're in your car, do you listen to music? Oh, it's... If I'm not listening to podcasts, it's music. Do you? I can't have silence. Do you listen to the radio? The radio? (laughs) I only listen to the radio when I'm in my mom's car. Right. She has an aux, but the cable's like weird. And then also, like, sometimes she hides the cable for whatever reason because she doesn't use it. Um, So I'll just use the radio. Sure. Uh, I don't want to search her car for an (laughs) aux cord. Um, And so I'll listen to the radio every now and then, and I kind of just bounce between. 
103.9 and 105.5, and I'll just bounce between those two and whenever there's like a commercial or whatever. And then if both of those have commercials, then I'm like, all right, let's go back to my Christian roots and I'll listen to a Christian song. But really, the Christian radio here just hasn't satisfied me, so it's more so just like a due diligence <laughs> to my people. <laughs> sure. Just give it a – you know, just checking in. Yeah, right? exactly. Base. Just making sure that it's still what I remember it to be. So I'm, this is where I'm obligated to plug uh, 93.3 The Tiger – Ninety-three-three, uh, the tiger. The tiger. It's a it's a local low power station, um, and they have. Um, there's no. It's it's music, but there's no format. Like it's they play whatever. So Ooh. you should you should just as you swing around town. It's low power, so you have to be closer to downtown. But like, give it a shot. You might hear. You're very likely to hear something that you like. Don't they say it a certain way? Like the tiger. Oh, the the tiger. No, the the tiger. <laughs> it's like tiger. I mean, um, I work at Wink, and their production, their broadcast center is right next to downtown. So. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's an option. Um, speaking of, um, so does music come into play at work ever for you? Like, do you get to use it? Do you get to listen while you're working? Like, um, it's or? a thing where I don't know if we're allowed to. <laughs> um. <laughs> But I haven't done it recently because I broke my Raycons. It was this tiny little wireless. Uh, yeah, earbuds. I know those guys. If yeah. you're on YouTube, you know those guys. <laughs> fair enough, yeah. fair enough. Um, but when I had yeah. them, I would listen to music all the time yeah. during work. Because right now I'm at the point at work where, like, I'm so comfortable doing everything mm-hmm. that, like, I barely have to pay attention. So, uh, so I'd throw in uh, – I'd probably normally do the songs and stuff playlist. Uh but then every now and then I'll go and I'll like explore. And then sometimes what I liked doing during work is I would go up to a coworker and I'd be like, hey, what should I listen to right now? Oh, yeah, that's great. And yeah. then they would be like, oh, listen to like Tame Impala and then, or listen to Lake Street Dive and just a bunch of these. It's always completely different. So it gives me this like great chance to explore because yeah. you get to talk to other people, see what they like. Mm-hmm. And then you get to uh, during commercial breaks, we, I get to talk to them about the music that they like and then. That's always fun to me because I really like talking to people about their music. My music, I kind of feel insecure about talking about, <laughs> even though now most of my life I You're grew up. You're on the wrong listen- show, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Um, most of my life I grew up uh, with music that was not really popular. Right. And so, yeah, I get that. So it was always like, do I want to talk about music? And it's not. But now I even listen to like popular music and I'm still just like, I'd rather talk to you about your music. I'm going to rec- So I have two recommendations for you. Um, first, uh, when we get out of here, I don't want to do it on, on the show just because, uh, hey, we could get paid for sponsorship. <laughs> but um, I have a pair of uh, headphones <gasps> that I'm going to recommend to you because they cost, I think, somewhere near Raycon prices. They're they're over the ear so that you won't be able to do it like secretly yeah but they're great and um if they broke on my way home today i'd have another pair of my house by tomorrow like they're really good so i'll tell you about that and then second you know what i found is some older 90s um like it's weird to use the term but like alternative alternative christian music that were not they were not you you wouldn't do them in a worship set but like they were bands and they were really good and they're and the 90s stuff is so 90s like when you hear it you're like ooh, time travel one is called um Seven Day Jesus, and the other is called Bleach, and both of them I can I'll tell you the names of the albums later. But like both of the albums that I have in, have in my car, I have the CDs in my car, oh, really? are weird. Like they're they're it's '90s alternative sounding music, which is great because you would n- like no one could be like, oh, that's like they're just pandering. Like no, if no. you if you didn't like that kind of music, you wouldn't listen to them. '98. 
98 hmm? is when the album came out. Uh, that'd be about right. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll hook up with you I on that intrigued. because I think you might like the new music, having some new music and you could even be like, Hey mom and dad, check this out. <laughs> like, um, but anyway, okay. Um, do you have any TV theme songs that you'd be willing to sing with us? Oh, TV theme songs. Um, something that you feel like, you know, all the words to, I know all the words to, uh, ripped his pants from Spongebob. It's not the theme song, but oh, I, it's from th- that episode. That's, that's great. Yeah, I don't know any of it, so you're going <laughs> to have to carry sing? it. Okay, all right. Here we go, right? Wait, so, wait, wait, wait. No, Jared's oh, going to pull, pull it up. Oh, yeah. I'm going to sing it to the music? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, while he's pulling it up, I remember because I learned it because my friend uh, plays acoustic guitar, and we were hanging out after church one day, bored, doing whatever. No, it wasn't even after church. It was during like a church event. Um, we were bored. We didn't really want to be there. So he gets his guitar and is like, all right, let's start playing stuff. Um, and I was like, bro, what if you play Ripped His Pants and I sing along to it? And he's like, I bet. I pulled it up on my phone. Yep. And then we went through the whole thing. And I was like, you know, actually, that was pretty good. You want to do it again? <laughs> and we did it a second time because we actually, it was just kind of fun. Let's do it. All oh, right. here we now, go. This is all you, man. I, I okay. do not Fair know the enough. song. Rip my pants. When Big Larry came around to put him down, SpongeBob turned into a clown. And no girl ever wants to dance with the fool who went and ripped his pants. I know I shouldn't mope around, I shouldn't curse, but the pain feels so much worse. Cause winding up with no one is a lot less fun than a burn in the sun. Or send in your puns. <laughs> no now rhythm. I learned a lesson I won't soon forget. So listen and you won't regret. Be true to yourself, don't miss your chance. And you won't end up like the fool who ripped his pants. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> nice work, Patrick. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, so, uh, Razzle Dazzle, you make oh, a podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah what with... is this, a crossover episode? Again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Jared, the intern Gonzalez, and you were kind enough to host uh, Mike Canary and I over there. And so oh, now yeah. we've come full circle um, and we've had you in our studio. And um, just real quick before we move on to third song territory, um, tell everybody kind of what you're – what are your things about? Because I think it's related. Oh, yeah. uh, I, re- I really enjoy doing it. Uh, it's We say it's a podcast about video games and pop culture with an emphasis on our favorites. Um, we talk about video games, TV shows. Um, have we done anything outside of that? Movies? Comics. Comics. comics yeah. um, Anime. All, all of that kind of geek yeah. nerd culture. Yeah. Um, and, like, we really just kind of focus in and just have fun talking about the ones we like. Um, occasionally we'll grab one that's like a little weird that we kind of don't like or have flaws or whatever. But for the most part, it's just these ones that we really like and we have a lot of fond memories of or whatever. And we just sit down, have these fun conversations where we goof around. I always bring in, uh, I always bring in with like few exceptions where Joe brings them in, uh, some, uh, games for us to kind of play that are really just dumb Mm -hmm. and kind of relate to the, uh, show movie, whatever, but not really. Like, um, most recently we had, uh, 
What was our most recent episode? I already forgot. You mean last week's? Yeah. Monster Prom. Monster Monster Prom. Prom. Check Wait for that, listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we talked about this obscure competitive dating simulator. Um, Oh, yeah. And so I just had like a trivia about the stuff that happens in that game. uh, But yeah, we just kind of goof around, have fun, um, and just talk about what we like about things. Well, one of my favorites came out recently as of recording. Um, uh, the th- Super Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury. Um, that was such a good episode. Oh yeah, because we goofed <laughs> around a lot. But I also got to talk about a lot of like the deeper parts of why I really love that game and why it stands out from other games. Um, I I like the I like to be the video game guy. Like when we have video games that we talk about, I like to really talk about them, mm. why they're good, um, stuff like that. And it's just, we've also been experimenting with other content. Like, I did a review. Jared did a review. I'm writing another one, kind of. Um, oh, that's news to me. I'm excited. Bro, I told you about the controller review. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, you did. My bad. Uh, T-Zero, when you be doing on our podcast. So, uh, so where can people listen to uh, yeah. Razzle Dazzle? Oh, yeah. It's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, that's Google our two podcasts. main ones. It's it's actually it's, on a lot. Yeah, it's really it's just cool. everywhere. Yeah. Um, if you listen to podcasts somewhere, search Razzle Dazzle. It's right on. Probably there. All right. So on the topic of video game stuff, um, I want to talk about your third game or your third game, your third <laughs> song. Um, let's 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 talk about the song and then we'll get into other stuff after about video games and music. Okay. Awesome. Um, yeah. So I chose the uh, Super Smash Bros. Brawl theme. Mm-hmm. Um, because that game kind of set, without me knowing as a kid, kind of set up my life. Because a lot of the social dynamics I had with people, a lot of the friends I've made, a lot of the um, opportunities I've had through club events, Smash Bros. kind of lent its way to that. And Super Smash Bros. Brawl was the first Smash Bros. game I ever played. Um and it is just, it's like going back was playing Super Smash Bros. Brawl was some of the most fun I had with the friends I grew up with. I talk about I talked to before about being filled with social anxiety, not really liking to be myself. Um, but me and my friends all really loved Super Smash Bros. Um, it's less so today with that group of friends, but we still do play occasionally. But when we were younger, we would legit, like, spend, like, two, three hours whenever we'd hang out at anyone's place just playing mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> matches of Super Smash Bros. Brawl, um, all trying to be the best. Um, it started out with, like, my brother being the best. But then I started liking the game more than him, and I started picking it up better, and then I started being the best. And now it's just the point where, like, I just beat all of my friends for the most part. I'm like the the best of your friends kind mm-hmm. of type, mm-hmm. but then you go to anything actually serious and oh you just my get whoops. Okay, yeah, mini mini trail here. I went to a I I played a lot of Street Fighter, Street Fighter 2, Mortal Kombat, Killer Instinct when I was growing up. And uh, like a lot. <laughs> oh yeah. And I was the one in our friends group that like yeah, and we jump into a fighting game and it would kind of be unfair, which is not super fun for me, by the way. So like, oh, I, it's I, not. I like story mode because I don't have to beat my friends up. <laughs> but then I went to a convention one year um, to um, AFO Anime Festival Orlando years ago, um, and uh, my wife and I walked into the game room and they had um, Street Fighter uh, Four right, there. and I'd played a bunch of Street Fighter Four, and they had the game room there, and I just you know sat down, waited my turn, and then like. <laughs> 
the person who sat down next to me, I think I hit them once in the second round. But it was just, I mean, it was over in 50 seconds, I think, the whole. And I was like, well, I'm going to go back in line and probably step out before I even get back up here to the TV. It oh, was, it's those a, people are monsters. It's insane. And then like. Frame counters. Yeah. And then they think that they're bad because there oh, are people who beat Daigo? them to the just, same level. Yeah. It, it's insane. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, but like. That, that was, this was a real humbling experience. The first time I played in college. Um, and I went – so like first week of college, uh, FGCU has the involvement fair where they kind of show off a bunch of clubs on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that obviously intrigued me was this big old TV with Smash Bros. Yeah. Basically just calling for me. Um, so I went over there, talked to them. They're like, yeah, we have the we have a fighting game weeklies where everyone just kind of gets around in one of the rooms on campus, just plays fighting games like Soul Calibur, Super Smash Bros., all that. And I'm like, that's really cool. I want to go to that. I went to that, and I was humbled on just how bad I was at Super <laughs> Smash Bros. Like, I knew I wasn't the greatest. Like, I knew I was the best of my friends, but I – really just get put in the dirt. Yeah. And then I'm like, but that just made me want to play more. Sure, of course. Yeah. Uh, I Persevere. was like, I want to be on the level of these people. At that time, I've given up on that. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, A previous guest here, Luke um, Luke Flannery, who's he used to go by Luke Martin, um, His he had a coffee shop here in town um, where they did ice cream and coffee. And one week they did, one weekend they, they held a Smash Brothers Melee, no, um, Smash Brothers, Super Smash Brothers, um, the original um, uh, tournament. Like for the 64? For the 64. Oh, man. That's my game, by the way. Okay. I came in second, but I came in second. The final was a three-way. Oh, like because a Yeah, because they, they had a double bracket and then the loser bracket, right? So like the best of the people who were eliminated got yeah, to yeah. jump back into the final. And the kid that won spent the whole final just avoiding the the other two and I kept trying to get away from the other guy. So like and so when he when when I went down the last time, he had like two lives left. After the tournament, I was like, let's go. And I crushed him in one V one. And it made me really upset actually because I was like, I'm better than that kid. This is this is garbage. I went to Luke, I was like, your tournament is flawed. You should have money matched him, bro. <laughs> I should have money matched him. Uh, I think he just won like I think like a gift card for ice cream and Luke was just like, I'll just get you ice cream. <laughs> um, anyway. Fair enough. Um, okay. So um, <laughs> this this is the main theme from uh, Super Smash Brothers Brawl, which came out in 2008. So how old are you in uh, 2008? Eight. Okay. Right. <laughs> and, but, but actually people heard this the first time in 2006 when they released, like when they teased the existence of this game. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and it is composed, of course, by Nobuo Uematsu who did, like, the Final Fantasy oh, music. Like, he is... Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. Like, it's... He crushes every single thing that he makes, and he's a genius. So, definitely the right guy to do the song. Let's hear it. Man. <laughs> it's, like, so good. And it's not something you expect out of, like, this just character... Party fighting game? Yeah, for this party <laughs> fighting game. Yeah. But, like... Man, I played the crap out of this game, and then when the next game came out, I played it so much more, and then when the game after that came out, I played it so much more until mm-hmm. recently I lost my Switch, but that's like a Ooh, whole thing. Um, the pain. What? Yeah, dude. It's It sucks. It it really does. Sorry, man. But, yeah. 
probably won't buy another one just because I'm not. A fan it's the downside of, of, right of a of a portable device. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> right? you don't lose your Xbox. <laughs> get yeah. the uh, OLED. Get the OLED. This is a calling to get the OLED. No. Nah. <laughs> um. So, uh, you know, for video games, music is a big deal. Oh. Um, and I think maybe for people who don't play a lot of games, it's something that's easy to miss how kind of critical it is. And I don't mean the scoring only in the background, but I mean, um, so there's this thing that happened at Video Games Live, and it doesn't have it doesn't have to be a symphony for it to happen. But like, you know, when you're in a room with you know a couple thousand people, and something like that starts, or uh, One Winged Angel by also by Uematsu, right? Or um, yeah, or um, 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 is it Koji Kondo um, with all the, the Mario, Mario music and, and yeah, Zelda yep. music? Like, if you hear, you know, the beginning of the Overworld, or really just the hook right there, dun 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 dun, dun, dun like, uh, you know. and you see, you know, almost like everyone in the room has a reaction to that. And what's neat about it is, you know, we could have people, guests come into this show and have the same song like four or five times, but everybody's got a different thing that they associate with that song. But when you hear, you know, that Zelda overworld theme or when you hear the Metal Gear uh, solid theme. Yeah. Right. Especially like Snake Eater. Uh, yeah. Right. Or, um, or this. They're having kind of the same moment because those moments are tied to moments in the game. Yeah. Um, and so um, it's this way, it's this kind of crazy way that people can share um, song stories. It's just those song stories happen to characters that you're controlling instead of like in your living. Like, 100%. Like, One of um, my favorite part yeah. about video games is the music. I, every time I talk about them on my podcast, I love to grab a song or two from a game because they're like it's like the the guiding force like you yeah. can play a uh mario bowser's fury where it's like this tropical theme uh where it's this tropical islands all over and you're kind of by day you're just really enjoying the environment doing some easy platforming and then you could call it there without any music it's still fun but then when you play the music for that experience and then it's this elegant uh pleasant, relaxing, slow music that goes along with it. Mm -hmm. And suddenly you find yourself relaxing as you play the game. You're not really trying too hard to get things. And then when the game shifts into like the the night side where like Bowser's shooting lasers at you and cats are trying to rip your face <laughs> off, then, then like the music picks up, it becomes more stressful. The, the music adds to the experience where suddenly you're feeling a lot more stressed and rushed yeah. In those moments, could have said it better myself. Music is essential to get the full experience when it comes to video games. Yeah, if it was all sound effects, woo, yeah. that's a different oh, kind of. No. <laughs> um, do you find yourself uh, in those adventure games trying to time the like you know de- defeating of a boss to the to the kind end of crescendo of the score? Of the sc- that just feels so good when oh. it happens. If it, I, I had it happen once and it felt great. I was playing. I've been playing a lot of a game called Hades. Um, yeah, where you're you're the son of uh, Hades. Uh, Zagreus and your goal is to get out of the underworld and your last opponent is Hades. And I was doing one run where I made the final boss Hades stronger. This is an option you have. Um, it makes it really hard, but the score that happens, 
when in like the third wave of the fight because there's this different oh is song. it the music different the, the, mu- if he's the song is different for each wave of the fight R- well, yeah, and sure. normally it's two but then he has a third phase <sighs> yeah and hidden track the original composer like the the original composer worked with someone else on this last one and mm. it is it is metal and it is oh, fast yeah. and it gets like gets me like pumping that. and then I beat the boss when it started going into that like slower uh, when it's like really started picking up picking up picking up and then I beat the boss around there it wasn't perfect timing mm-hmm. but it was good timing and then I beat it and then every time you beat the boss the the music immediately descends to more yeah. of a slower yeah. focus on the dialogue yeah. moment and I was like I f- I had chills when I was playing a video game. I was like staring at my screen, like, <gasps> like I'm physically exhausted in a way. And I was, this is insane. I had that perfect timing with it. Yeah, for it to have like a an emotional, physiological, mental effects on you. Um, and uh, I think that you know some games even use it to really great effect as part of the game, which is always fun. Um, so yeah, it's just it's it's kind of incredible where it's come. Um, you know, it used to be because you had to have something in the background, yeah, um, they or didn't like want or, it to be quiet, yeah, or at the very least, like sometimes. Um, you know what? I'm gonna take that back though, because even even in like so Super Mario Brothers, right? Like yeah. that, like eighty three or something, maybe eighty six, eighty six. Yeah. So um, let me fact check that because I, I better be right. <laughs> um. You know, when you get down under 100 seconds left to to go on the... It would, and then it would play whatever level steam you're on, but it would play but it double faster. time, right? Yeah. Like, it would just... It would run it faster. And you're like, oh, I gotta go. The game hasn't <laughs> changed, yeah. Like, nothing in the game changed, but, like, you you start moving faster. You, I The first time I was playing a Mario... It wasn't that... I think my first Mario game was Super Mario World, Super Mario 4. They released um, 85 in Japan. Yeah, there you go. Um... I was like, I remember playing through one of the first levels, and then that the it did the thing where it's like, yeah. da, 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 and then like the pace that picks up, and like as a kid, panic. I was like, oh, the panic is oh! real. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny how it can do that to you. Yeah. Um, what um, is there a game that you um, when you think uh, other than Smash Brothers because we just talked about yeah, it, yeah. Um, whose music jumps out to you? Like, like if you had to, if you were gonna like sit and thoughtfully listen to. You know, a, an album. There the are there are a few, but the one I I really want to mention yeah. uh, is Celeste because <gasps> oh, Celeste is this everything indie platformer about that game is so pretty. The where, whole thing, yeah. The composer really gets a sense, like really explores the character that you're playing, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a platformer. It by no by no means you would think this platformer is about stress, anxiety, mental health until. Uh, you realize one, it's a hard platformer. You're gonna die a lot. You're gonna fail a lot, and that that kind of hurts a little. Um, but also, like the character herself is experiencing this sort of difficult moment in her life where she doesn't quite know who she is, or doesn't quite feel like she she has any purpose, mm-hmm. meaning. And all of this, while she's being explored, there's this score that's beautifully done. That's just every moment that music really adds to when it's moments where the pace picks up. Mm -hmm. It is still this elegant music, but it's faster. It's uh, more impacting, kind of pushes you more. 
It's it's always these moments where you're like rushed in the platformer that it picks up like that. But all the other time, even when you're doing these super hard platforming parts where you have to move quickly and precisely, it's this elegant theme and it's um, so Celeste definitely. Um, I would definitely say I am slightly biased because I've been playing the game a ton, but Hades I think has an amazing music. The yeah. composer, uh, I forget his name, Dan Corb something. Um, he uh, he he's he's pretty good. He does he does all of the, he does the music for all of Darren their games. Corb. Darren Corb. Darren Corb. Darren um, Corb. He does the music for like all of their games. Um, but Hades in specific, I really like. There's like two different types of songs I like to say for that game. There's the uh, while you're playing the gameplay part of the game songs, mm-hmm. which kind of add to the exploration uh dungeoneering type mentality of the game but then you also have these songs which are some of them are some of my favorites that play at like key plot points or are sung by the characters that are amazing um like one of my favorite songs is a lament of orpheus where a character orpheus who's uh went to the un- no way you have it yeah <laughs> that's what he, jared does uh orpheus go- goes to the underworld to find his muse and then ends up having an eternity apart from yeah, her. Yeah, That's um, so pretty. Like, <sighs> So... It's so good. And, like, that's just the beginning. And then he, like, really... The singer of it really puts their soul mm. into it when it comes towards the very end. I got to play a thing for you later. Um, we don't have time for it now, but it's um, there's this live performance of one of the tracks from Bloodborne where this lady... Does she does the vocalization because it's operatic and it's like it'll put you in a different place. <laughs> um, Patrick all right, talks a lot about Hades in his review, uh, especially this song. Yeah. All right, so uh, speaking of theme songs, if you oh. were a championship pro wrestler, oh, okay, what would your walk on music be? My walk on music, yeah. um, you can't stop me by Andy Mineo. Uh, he talks about himself in the song, but like you know, it works. It's basically this idea that we're like he's got the world against him, um, but yet he still pushes on because he's because the only person who can really put him down is himself. Nice. Um, and what would your wrestler name be? Oh, my wrestler name. Uh, man, what? Are, give me some wrestler names so I can kind of get an idea. The Ultimate Warrior. Um. I would go with uh, Pat, Patty P. <laughs> Patty, Patty P is like my <laughs> DJ name I gave myself. But uh, wrestling name, I'd probably go with like the Patinator, the Bag of Sticks, the Bag, the Bag of Sticks. <laughs> I'm a scrawny guy, You're a scrawny guy, tall scrawny guy. Bag of Sticks, Bag of Sticks. Um, uh, if a bartender friend of yours said, "Hey Pat, I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna make a drink, and I'm gonna name it after you Ooh. that you've inspired," what kind of drink would it be? Hmm, I would say. Probably like, hmm. Uh, I do this thing sometimes. Uh, a lot of times, I don't like soda. Really, it's bad for you, but also like I don't really get it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the the only really like soft drink that I enjoy is I go up and I do the thing. There's probably already a name for it. Oh, it's like I know half so. minute made, half sprite. And then, oh, yeah, and then that's that's the thing. Which that minute just, made the pink or the uh, Which minute, like uh, usually the just regular lemonade. Like the lemonade, okay. Quotes. Just just getting specific. <laughs> um, but I mean, I would be down to do the same thing with pink lemonade. Um, but yeah, it's just just kind of half of half of some lemonade. It doesn't even have to be minute made. Really, just half lemonade. Yeah. Half lemon soda. Okay. I think, I think that that would be my 
Ice? Ice? Um, I'm not a nice guy. Okay, no ice. All right, yeah. so all right, one part of each of those, and what would you call this drink? What would I call yeah, it? It's the name on the menu. Um, Patrick's Mess. Patrick's Mess. Patrick's Mess. Love it. <laughs> all right, um, <clears throat> if you could broadcast a song into the head of every person in the world simultaneously, what song would that be? Hmm. I want to be funny with this one. Yeah. I want to do like, honestly, because most people haven't heard it, so they wouldn't get it if it's in their head. But I would love to do Mother Lover by the Lonely Island because <laughs> they would be like, why is this, Why am I thinking this? <laughs> yeah, that's good. All of them start like going to their therapist being like, do I, do, do I like my mom? Do I like my friend's mom? Well, the therapist mom? would be like, it's fine. I heard it too. <laughs> like, um uh, what song would you love to hear for the first time again? Ooh, that's a great question. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, let's see. Here for the first time again. Honestly, I know it's 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 been like super overplayed. It still is super overplayed, but I really like Stressed Out by 21 Pilots. But that's a good reason to hear it for the first time again. Yeah. Because like you want to go back to. Like know, how it was it before yeah. it was overplayed. Because yeah. I, I still really do love the song. But then every now and then it plays in, like, the car. And then, like, somebody will go and be like, oh, that song. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good song. But it is overplayed. So I, I get it. But, That's a real fan, though, whether you can recognize that it's overplayed. Like, you know, because some fans will just, no, no. They should play it every other song. <laughs> um, what do you think uh, 14-year-old Patrick would think about current Patrick, if you could see him? How the f- did that happen? <laughs> oh my gosh! I I grew up my pair. I grew up my pair. I grew up my hair when my parents were very not tolerant of that. Um, I I built my life around communities around video games and board games and nerd culture and pop culture, mm-hmm. and all of this stuff was stuff that fourteen year old me would never. Th- think he was able to do. I played Dungeons and Dragons for two years when I discovered the hobby. I didn't tell anybody mm-hmm. because I was scared of what people thought of me yeah. if I said, yeah, I play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. But, but now I'm really, I'm really able to be me. And that's not something I was able to do when I was 14. So I think 14-year-old me would be impressed with that and hopefully learn to do that. All right. It's time to recommend three people. Uh, that you commit to sharing the podcast with. Perfect. Uh, that you think would be a good guest for us to try and get in here. Who who do you have? Awesome. Uh, first one, um, just because I personally would love to know more about him, his music and the memories he has, uh, my pastor, Steve Pruitt, uh, mm-hmm. he, talks, he talks a lot about stories when he does uh, his messages. Mm-hmm. But like real but I want to see those in the context of music. Yeah. And also just like, I don't know. I, I haven't seen him on a podcast like ever. That would be fun to listen to. All right, I'll try uh, to that one's a selfish one for me. <laughs> they, they should all be <laughs> ones that you think are good. So, All right. Um, I also – second one, uh, Joe, Joseph Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, our he's, sound guy. He's our sound, he's guy, sound guy on Razzle Dazzle. And a former uh, voice acting student of mine. Yeah. Um, last, I think it was last uh, class that I did um, before this one. So, yeah, I know Joe. He's great. He's, he's fun. He's so – just kick he's fun. Joe. <laughs> he's Joe. He's yeah. funny. He's hilarious. I think um, so. And just a good guy to have around. Cool. Um, hey, and, Joe. <laughs> and then lastly is uh, Larissa Schmidt. I only met her recently, and I don't know her really well at all. But she's a model, and she's done stuff like 
I think everywhere. My mom says she's done stuff everywhere. Um, so I really just want to know, like, what, what what's a Brazilian's model's take on the is, world? Where is she here? Or is she? Uh, yeah, she. So we're 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 doing a thing. I'm like a model for her thing right now. We're gonna. Oh, that's have, right. Yeah. Mo- well, because I was gonna say, Lotus, so it would be our first model, but that's not true because you also do modeling. Yeah. Well, I'm, but I do modeling under her. Uh, uh, so she has a thing she's trying to start up here. Right. It, it's something that is we're working through right now. It's definitely a lot of trying to make something where nothing was in the first place. <laughs> I've been there. Yeah. So it's um it's exciting to see. I'm hopeful but also a little scared because I personally I don't know how well it's going to work out. But everybody who's really involved is super confident in it. Mm. So I'm trusting them with everything. Um, I'm just hoping to be a model out of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, where do you think you, uh, any thoughts about taking, um, your kind of the podcast or, um, just kind of video games, pop culture stuff? Like, what are you thinking with regards to that kind of stuff after graduation? Like, are you looking to do that for a living or is that part of this time? I would love to. Um, it is a thing where, like, I'm – if I, if the opportunity comes up, I will definitely heavily consider it. But it's also – there are a lot of things I want to do in life. And if a career in somehow video games, whether it be uh, video game journalism or uh, whatever comes up, I will definitely – it will definitely be something that I really look towards. But at the same time, I want to be – and it, I want to try investigative journalism. I think that's super cool, and I respect it a ton. Um, and I also want to – I do want to do local journalism as much as peop, some people kind of aren't really into it. It's, you come out – come hang out in our building over here. Oh, what yeah. we do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, like, it's just I love hearing stories of people nearby and what troubles them and uh, how – or people, how they help these communities that are troubled by these things. It, to me, it's something that's really engaging that really matters. And if it's not this local area, then a different local area. Mm-hmm. I just like, I like seeing these communities, and I like being able to report on those communities. Cool. Okay. Do you have any final thoughts for us? Um, let's see. Uh, so I grew up a lot, um, kind of being the big part of my childhood and adolescence was being afraid to explore music. Well, I wasn't allowed to, but then at the period where I could get away with it, I still wouldn't. I was afraid of just, I I looked at music a lot, like everything's bad, but what I listen to. Mm. Um, And then even then when I started recognizing music for being good, I wouldn't listen to other genres because I was like, yeah, but it's not for me. But I really encourage people to explore music because you find a lot of times you just find these things that you didn't think you'd like that you just do like I listened to a song recently I forget who it's by it's called Peach Scones and it's this guy who's just making music without producers without anything just out of his heart yeah we oh there's a term for it where they're just like it's like um like anti-production or something like, like there's a term for it. I wish I could remember it, but yeah, they just they record and they go. Yeah, yeah. and it it's like a, it's, it's like by a, Hobo Johnson and the Lovemakers. Yeah, Hobo Johnson, and he just he's like really just expressing himself. But there's the structure doesn't make sense. It bounces around, and uh, it also just he 
talks about the song that he's talking about uh, that he's work doing as he does the song. Mm-hmm. But I just listened to that and I was like, I like this. I like this a lot. And it's something that like if I were to show someone, they'd probably be like, oh, that's not for me. But, <laughs> but to me, I was like, this is so good. Yeah. And I like I encourage people to explore music for that. Because not everybody's going to like your music, but yeah. it's about what you – the music you like. Thank you so much, Patrick, for being on. This was so fun. <laughs> we make three song stories in the studios of WGCU Public Radio on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Mike Canary is co-creator and host. Tara Calligan is our online content producer and host. Production assistance is by Jared, the intern Gonzalez. And Chris Duffus is our executive producer. Our theme song was created by Dave 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 Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. For this week's parting tune, we're going to do something a little different. All this talk about video game music has me thinking back to one of the most famous video game songs of all time, Koro Bieniki, the Russian folk song that we call the Tetris song. While I do think of Tetris when I hear it, which you have to, it's the most sold game in video game history, I actually think of this incredible YouTube video that I saw about a decade ago called complete history of the Soviet Union arranged to the melody of Tetris. It's on the channel Pig with the Face of a Boy, and it's performed by Donald Newholm. And honestly, just go watch it. In a few minutes, it runs through the creation and fall of the USSR at a dizzying pace, with the perpetually increasing speed of that famous melody. A different kind of story, but what a story. Seriously. Keep listening. Next time on Three Song Stories. So all we were trying to do all day is figure out how we could get over to the beach and get around the police.